After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Thank you, Evan. Today's guest is the founder of Leahi Swim School, the largest private swim school in Hawaii. From its inception, the Leahi Swim School has taught over 50,000 children to swim. They currently employ over 55 part-time swim instructors our guest founded Leahi Swim School in 1974, which is now teaching children of former students. The school recently launched a new program to teach adults to swim and is currently expanding to the west side of Oahu. She is a board member of the Hawaii Opera Theater and former board member of the Hawaii School for Girls. Our guest is here today to share with us how she built her business, plans for the future, and preparing her son Ben to take over the business. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Lori Comer. Welcome to our show, Laurie. Glad to be here. So you've been in business since 1974. That's the year I was born. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> Why did you start Leahi Swim School? Well, I was in college at the time, and I was teaching swimming during the summer months for other people. And I was really good at it. And one afternoon, my husband and I were sitting around the breakfast table, and uh, he brought this up to me. He goes, you know, what are you really good at? What do you, what do you want to do with your life? Kind of a question. And I said, well, you know, I'm really good at teaching swimming. And he said, well, you know, you're teaching for these other people. And why don't, why don't we form our own business and you can teach for yourself? And the rest is history. I, I actually called my, I was at La Pietra for, I went to high school at La Pietra and I called the headmaster there and I said, can I rent the pool for the summer? And he said, sure, and we started doing... So you started it in high, I mean, in uh, college? Yes. Okay. At that time, how many other swim schools were there? Well, there's, there was a Y, and there were a few private swim schools. There was um, Mary Ann Sears, who was kind of an, a legend, uh, legendary swim teacher, swimmer, and she had a swim program over at the Hilton Hawaiian Village. She was pretty much my competition as far as the private sector. Mm-hmm. So two women dominated that space then? Well, I was just about to. <laughs> <laughs> and she was at the point where she was going to retire. I mean, she was, you know, probably in her 60s or early 70s. So I was kind of coming in and filling in a needed... She wasn't going to turn over her business to uh, someone else or a family member? or She did. Her son was taking it over for a while. But I think that he abandoned the idea and went off to Alaska fishing or something. You know, Hmm. I don't really know, you know, basically I was just trying to get my act together back then. Did you folks run other businesses before? Your husband said, let's start up and run this business. Did he have experience doing it? He was, um, his family business in Los Los Angeles was a music store. He had, they had three music stores. And so ever since he could, you know, Ad. He was at the cash register and working at the store, so he did no business from the ground up. He was really 
into business, very successful business. So, you know, by the time he was in college, he knew all the business part of it. And I knew the swimming teaching part of, of the business. And, you know, it was a great partnership. When you first started, you, you were doing these lessons one-on-one with the children? Pretty much, or very small classes. Okay, and um, you had... Three or four to a class. And at that point when he said, let's start a business, you already had the vision that you were going to hire and train other individuals to help you teach? Actually, I didn't start off that way. Basically, I was teaching for other people who would put, you know, 10, 14 kids in my classes. And basically, you're just a lifeguard at that point, and they didn't break the classes up into skill levels, which I thought was crazy. Why didn't they do that? You know, why am I teaching someone who won't put their face in and the next child here can swim halfway across the pool? You know, so it was, it was a real challenge. And I thought, when I get my swim school, we're going to divide these kids up into, and really divide them up into skill levels where they're really matched up with other kids in the class. So everybody's doing the same thing. So you were... Uh, working for other people for how long before you started your own? Four years, four summers. I did have one very mean boss. I don't know if you can call him mean. He was very inconsiderate of his employees. And I felt that if I ever, and I, I, I consciously thought this, if I ever have my own swim school, I would never treat my employees like that. Would they yell at you or something or... Yeah, they they scheduled me crazy schedules, and they pull something fast. On his daughter was getting married, and I showed up to teach a swimming lesson, and no one was there. And they said, "Oh, <laughs> you're supposed to cater the wedding," and this was up in California. So, um, go home and get dressed, and go up to the redwoods, and and I turned out to be you know serving food and clearing plates, and I'm going, I'm a swim teacher, I'm not a waiter. So, oh my gosh. that's when I. I resigned the next day. I went back in, and I resigned the next day. I just thought, I thought this is crazy, and this was like the icing on the cake. This was he did all kind of yelling. He basically abused people and yelled at them for doing in front of other people. Would yell at them and say, you know, you're good for nothing. And that was in how, California. Yes, that's how he got his employees to do things for him. So you started your instruction in California, and then you folks No, it was moved? here. Okay. I, I taught for other people in California, and when I moved here, it, um, La Pietra is when I started my own philosophy and my own business, you know, dividing up kids and really making it. Was it hard in the beginning to actually, manage everything at the same time? Actually, I did only during the summer months. So I, would, I was still going to school. So I was going to school, and during the summer I ran my program. And what was hard was kind of getting the word out about me. Uh-huh. And just to get in the community, especially in Hawaii, they want to know who you are before they sign up for lessons. They, parents here do their research. You know, they'll ask their friends. You know, now that I have a website, they'll check out my website. They'll call and talk to us, you know, and find out what we're up to, you know. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? 
Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Lori Comer, the owner of Leahi Swim School. So what did you do to do your marketing and gain credibility then? Uh, if, especially it's, if you're a college student. It's amazing. We put, my husband and I started, because we didn't have an advertising budget, we started putting flyers on cars at Alamoana Center in Kahala Mall. This is back when you could do that, you know, and down at Kapiolani Park, because that's where we were located. And there's a lot of kids going to the beach down there. We figured, oh, let's paper the cars. That's how we started. Did it work? Um, it did. My first summer, I had 40 kids, uh-huh. which is, you know, we didn't advertise in the newspaper. At that point, um, it was you and how many other instructors? Just my husband. Okay. I didn't start hiring instructors for a couple of years. Okay. And then I hired one, and then the next summer I hired two. Was that because you were getting overloaded? And it was yeah. Like, you I, know, I, everybody wanted to swimming lessons from 10 to 2 in the afternoon, and, and I could only teach so many lessons. And so when you start turning away business because you can't clone yourself, mm-hmm. that's when you start hiring. And what was so interesting was the people I was hiring were older than I was. They were, you know, I, I hired experienced swim teachers. And what was interesting about that, I found it very difficult to train my experienced swim teachers my method because they had their own method. Mm-hmm. They were already set this is the way I teach. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start training people who haven't, who've just freshly come out of a Red Cross you know, life-saving course. How long did it take you to come to that realization? Um, About two summers. Okay. I got some doozies. You know, I got some people who, they were patient up to a point. And when a child didn't do it at, you know, the normal progression of a swimming lesson, when a child, you know, refused to do the exercise, they'd lose it. <laughs> and you don't want that teacher around. <laughs> and those teachers didn't work for me after that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't lose it at my swim school. You know, you keep your patience and have fun the whole time. Well, especially when teaching children, I mean, patience is definitely important. Mm-hmm. So how old were you when you, were first hired, when you first hired your first employee? I was probably about um, 28 years old. Was it hard for you to manage them? Be- did you have management experience before at all? I or? didn't, but I figured that what I was looking for was personality. And so when I hired someone, I looked for, basically looked for someone I could get along with and who would take direction from me. Mm-hmm. Someone who would listen to what I had to say and do it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I look for. And, of course, they had the swimming. At, at first, they had all the swimming credentials and, you know, and all that stuff. But I found that I could train them just as good as, or better than the, than the Red Cross could. How long did it take to train each one? Up to, you, the, up to where you say, okay, this is a good teacher. Usually it takes about a year. So what I do is when they're in training, they're also assistant teachers. So they learn by doing. They're in the pool with the kids right next. They, they apprentice right next to a senior, a senior seasoned teacher. Mm-hmm. I find that's the best. I can give them manuals. I can give them lesson plans. They can read it. They watch videos. And when it all boils down to, you got to get them in the water. Hands-on One-on-one, hands-on. 
And how do you find these people that, you know, you could work with? I mean, they're pretty young adults, but they're not teenagers. They're, you know, young adults. Well, I first started putting an ad in the paper. <laughs> that, you know, you get everybody. Right. Oh, I can teach swimming. Everybody who doesn't have a job thinks they can teach swimming. Mm-hmm. Easy. I can swim, you know. Mm-hmm. I soon found that didn't work. It's all word of mouth now. Mm-hmm. I have my parents. I always tell my parents, you know, that babysitter that you have that's wonderful with kids, send them down to me. They, Of course, they all have to have a swimming background, and they all have to know how to swim all the strokes. Um, but they don't necessarily have to be competitive swimmers or water polo players, although I, most of my people are. So it's my parents with now that I have such a large group of elder teens and young adults, I get them to bring in their friends. And what I say is that, you know, I'm looking for a few teachers for next to train to come in. And, of course, I don't want your friends that need the job. I want your friends that you know are going to fit in here. So don't bring those kids in. I want, you know, you know what I'm looking for as you can look around. Okay. And I'm looking for those people. And, and I've, I haven't advertised for the last 10 years. Do you, how long does the average uh, swimming teacher stay with your program then? I would say I usually, I usually get them when they're about 16, 17. They're like juniors in high school. And then I usually keep them right through college. Oh, okay. Because it's a, a guaranteed job. They go off to college. They either work for me on the weekend or after school, so they have kind of a part-time job going. Or if they go to the mainland, they know when they come back, they have that job. They just walk, they just tell me their schedule, and I sign them up. That's good for everyone then. Yeah, everybody really wins with this. You know, I have uh, one of my teachers is a um, high school coach out in at Campbell High School, and and uh, he teaches for me on Saturdays just because he loves doing it. He's such a good teacher too. And then I have another teacher who um, flies for uh, Aloha Airlines. She's a pilot. And then I have another teacher who's works for Aloha, who works for me part-time, too. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Lori Comer, the owner of Leahi Swim School. I'm, I'm wondering how long it took from when you first got started and then, and then four years you started hiring your first employee. How long did it take before you hit a point where you would consider critical mass, where things just took off and, it, you know, that point of a business where it's like, whoa, things are moving so fast? I would probably say, I would mm-hmm. say it started taking off probably about six or seven years into it. It okay. just really 
Why? Does. Do you know why? Um, or the major contributors for that? I think that the word got out, and I stepped up my advertising. Of course, I got more savvy about it. And, you know, I kind of, for a while, I kind of, in the beginning, I kind of ran it as like a little boutique business. You know, it wasn't paying or like my... like a hobby, kind of? It was like a hobby. Mm -hmm. It did not pay the, the mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then probably after six or seven years, it really was contributing to that. End. Was that because you got serious? Or, I mean, you said, you know what, I'm going to run this thing as a business. I'm hiring people. We're going to expand. We're going we're gonna to market. You know, it kind of built up to that. You know, every year it would expand little by little by little. And, and pretty soon, you know, I'm going, whoa, <laughs> I need someone in the office. Mm -hmm. That's basically when it happened. When I got to the point where I needed someone, I needed to get out of the pool and seriously train my swim teachers and get in. Um, I didn't really, I didn't really get it until mm -hmm. I got out of the pool. What would, you what would you say took you out of the pool? Was it that you had children now and, and you got that was a one different thing. realization? That's, that's one thing. I had mm -hmm. children and the phone would not stop ringing. And so constantly <laughs> I would have to get out of the pool, you know, in the five minute break that I had between classes, I'd be calling people and signing them up and sending your tuition and and basically and then I jump back in the pool and I you know I was on the phone till 10 o'clock at night calling people back so it was like you know you have to you have to get out of the pool you have to get out of the pool you have to get out of the trenches mm -hmm. to run the business and that and no one knew more about the business than I did mm -hmm. I could sell I got so good on the phone I have this contest with myself about, you mm -hmm. know, how long it would take for someone to get our program. Because basically, you know, they can go to the Y and get the Y, and then they call me and they find out that I have a 2.5 student-teacher ratio in my classes. And the kids are really getting the attention that they deserve and need. So, Are you talking mostly to mothers also? Mostly to mothers, I would say 10% are dads, you know, that call me. Because that way, maybe from mother to mother, it kind of has yes, that little mother to mother is, thing going on. It definitely is um, of the, the grapevine, you know. Mm -hmm. They hear, they want to know who you are. You know, where did your kids learn to swim? Oh, I, you know, my kids went over to Leahi Swim School. And, oh, and then they'll call me and then they'll put me through the ringer, you know, find out who you are. And basically, the best thing, though, is to come on down. I just say, you know, I, I, I tell them about my program, and I say, come on down, watch the classes, see for yourself what we do. That's, that's sold it. Do you see that the Internet's going to play a bigger part in that? You can say, come on the Internet and, and watch yes, a video we, or take a look at stuff, or I you want them to come down. You need to have an, an Internet site. You need to have that. And now um, one of my swim teachers actually designed my Internet site, and it's adorable. They, he did an, such an incredible job. And I think it, it, it lends credibility to mm -hmm. your business when you've invested in a beautiful website and it works and it, it, it conveys your message. And I think my site, it's cute and you click and things pop up and I've got little cartoon fishies running around and, it's, and it also has a, um, an application form and the schedule so they can really see it. It's like right there in front of them. And parents are busy and, you know, Half the time they can't remember what you tell them. And I also have a very good brochure and application forms that go out to parents. Because sometimes 
there are those parents who are not into the internet and they want something in their hand. They want something that, you know, um, is very self-explanatory, very straightforward. We have a nice packet that we send out to parents too. And now we're doing weekdays as well year round. So we have swimming classes pretty much all year round, weekdays and Saturdays. We've just implemented that. So these parents wait, would wait from summer to summer to take lessons. And they really wanted lessons year round. So we started the Saturday classes. And it's to the point now, the Saturday classes are so full. We have this like this lineup to, to register for the Saturday classes. And they're lining up at six in the morning to get like in. It's like a rock concert. It's like tickets. a rock concert. Mm-hmm. It really is. They're pretty dedicated, that group. <laughs> And when we started the, the weekday classes, there were a lot of people who came weekdays during the summer that would go on Saturdays because we didn't have weekday classes. Now we have weekday classes, so now we have room on Saturdays for more people. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at GreaterGoodRadio.com. Today's guest is Lori Comer, the owner of Leahi Swim School. Let's talk a little bit more about the community-related projects that you're working with, either nonprofits or or things that the Leahi Swim School yourself are involved in. Well, we are sponsors of the um, Opera Express for the Hawaii Opera Theater. And what, um, what that is, is it's opera brought into the schools. Um, where we work very closely with Roosevelt High School, who has a, they have a wonderful arts program. Uh, they also um, kind of revamp the operas for the elementary schools. And we do, among others, we do um, Alawai School and Einahina School. Is and it adults doing opera or is it children no, doing we, opera? No, we incorporate, we send our, our crew out there, mm-hmm. and they teach the kids to sing the chorus parts, and they, have, they, have, they bring in the, the head, the, the lead singers, you know, the two, one or two lead singers for the opera. But the kids do the sets and direction, and, the, and they know all the history about the opera that they're working on. It's really neat. 
So you're finding that it's just exposing people to something they would not exactly. necessarily have been exposed you to You know, opera is really an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. And you know, you'd have to kind of work at it to, to make it something that really lights you up. And with little kids, you know, they love drama and they love crazy scripts and wonderful things like that. They're just into it. And if you expose them early to opera, in, and we're building our audience in Hawaii. We're in, you know, 15, 20 years, they're going to be our patrons. They're mm-hmm. going to be the ones supporting opera in Hawaii. Are you finding that impacts your business at all? I think that when you are in a business that you, sometimes you do things, whether it impacts your business or not, it's just the, in the community, it's the right thing to do. One of the other things that we do is we support all of the schools that have auctions and fundraisers. And uh, I don't know if I should say this on the air, but any school that has anything to do with kids or any, um, any activity or nonprofit that has anything to do with kids, they ask me for swimming lessons for donation. I give it to them. So there's hundreds of those gift certificates out for a set of swimming lessons out there in the community. Every year I give out, gosh, lots. Well, the interesting thing, if you talk about social entrepreneurship, is swimming lessons in general are kind of on that, you know, you have a social mission as well. Exactly. Teaching kids to swim, exactly. making sure they can, you know, protect themselves. Because isn't the largest or the most prevalent cause of child death uh, drowning? Yes, under the age of 14. I think it's the second leading cause of death, and the, the first one being car accidents. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, so But it's maybe up preventable there. type. Absolutely I would think preventable, preventable. type probably. Maybe 75% of kids who drown are being quote unquote supervised. They're being watched by a parent or, you know, an uncle or an auntie. And it's very unfortunate because everybody thinks everybody's watching the kids and nobody's watching the kids. Mm-hmm. So what we have at our swim school, we have this little tag that you wear around your neck on a little lanyard, and it's a water watcher tag. And what it says on the tag is all these, you give it to the person who is in charge of watching the kids. And if, if I'm in charge of watching these kids, I'm wearing the tag. And when I have to go answer the phone or go to the bathroom or whatever, I hand the tag over to someone else who reads all the little steps and watching the kids and being watched for certain um, activities that could be dangerous and stuff like that. It's wonderful because then it puts one person on task. And you have a system at least in place so they know what to do, like a standard operating procedure more or less. Exactly. So if you have a pool party or you're at the beach, some adult is really watching. Do you think it's more difficult for the adults to learn to swim? or It is because usually they've got, you know, 20, 30, 40 years of fear built up, you know, what we do at our pool, and, and this is something my son is instigating. This is, his, this is his baby. He took a course on the mainland, which specifically addresses the fear factor of learning to swim. Because we would, what was happening in the past, we'd get our adults in, we'd teach them to swim from point A to point B, and they'd get up, they'd end the session, and they're st- they could quote-unquote swim. They're still freaked out. Mm-hmm. So my son took this, this course where he, where you address the fear first and learning to swim comes naturally after it. So basically, everything is done within your complete comfort level. So you never advance to the next activity until you're completely comfortable. And sometimes with some of my students, that means that they're just standing in the pool for, you know, 15 or 20 minutes before they can submerge their shoulders. 
uh, my son was telling me that one of in his training there was a lady who would only take showers because she could not submerge herself in a bathtub and at the end of the course she was swimming and in loving it too and that's the key part is having a great time swimming you know we, we kind of put the kid part in it thanks for joining us today on greater good radio for more information or a transcript of today's show please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com this is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.